Well, just let me add my welcome to everyone today. It's good to see all that are able to be here. Thank you so much for uh, coming out today. And we do welcome those that may be listening as well uh, online. And we're just going to turn to the scriptures today. We're going to turn to Matthew's Gospel as has been announced. We're going to continue uh, the studies that the local church here are going through Matthew's Gospel. And we're looking at chapter 15. And we're going to read the portion from verse 21 of that chapter. So Matthew's Gospel Uh, chapter 15 and we're reading from verse 21 then Jesus went thence and departed into the coasts of Tyre and Sidon and behold a woman of Canaan came out of the same coasts and cried unto him saying have mercy on me O Lord thou son of David My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. And he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Jesus departed from thence and came nigh unto the sea of Galilee, and went up into a mountain and sat down there. And great multitudes came unto him, having with with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be whole, the lame to walk, the blind to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. Now this is the word of the Lord and we look to him to just bless it to each one of us today. We, as we continue in the Gospel of Matthew, we see uh, the Lord Jesus uh, once again as the central theme, and, and that can be said of all of these Gospels. So the first uh, four books in our New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, these are the Gospels, and they present to us the Lord Jesus Christ. They present the Lord Jesus to us uh, in different aspects of his person, and his work, but the focus and centre and theme of the presentation, if you will, of the message that is being proclaimed, of the narrative that is being documented here, uh, the the central figure is the Lord Jesus Christ. So that is a good place to start today, at the beginning of our service, uh, just to emphasise that fact 
that the, the central theme of our message today is not ourselves. Uh, you know, the Apostle Paul, a great preacher and apostle and servant of God, he, he wrote these words one day, uh, writing to early Christians, For we preach not ourselves. Uh, and so please be very aware of that today, that the centre and focal point of the message here is Jesus. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. We preach not ourselves. It's not about the Christians that meet in Fernie Lee Gospel Hall. It's not about the man that's come through from Peterhead today. It's about the Lord Jesus. And so the message is about him. And he's presented. We've been singing about him in our hymns. He's central to all that we do. We've been singing about him. And it's good to think of him in the, in the various aspects of his person. We've been singing about him today. What a friend we have in Jesus. Uh, and just to encourage ourselves with that today. That he is the friend of publicans and sinners that's how he was described in the Gospel of Luke. And the reason for that was there were those in society who were despised. And, you know, people would have gone out of their way to avoid them, perhaps. And they would have said, well, we're a bit better than that. We're not keeping company with those. But the Lord Jesus kept company with them. Uh, and and he was described as a friend of publicans and sinners and we're so glad of that today that Jesus is the friend of publicans and sinners we've been singing about him as the shepherd and, and the psalmist could say the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want the Lord Jesus said I am the good shepherd I lay down my life for the sheep uh, and so we see him in different aspects. The reason I say that by way of introduction today is when he is presented in Matthew's Gospel, I want to suggest that he's presented as Jesus the King. Jesus the King. And we're thinking of his glory and his greatness. And, and Matthew presents the King and the coming Kingdom. And so let's just think about that today. The Lord Jesus in his greatness and glory as the King. And as I, as I mentioned that today, I, I'm reminded of the words of a hymn. Uh, a verse of a hymn has come to my mind. King of my life, I own thee now. Thine shall the glory be. Lest I forget thy thorn-crowned brown. Lead me to Calvary. And, and so I wonder now if all in my hearing can just take the words of that hymn uh, and make it your own. How have you done that in your life? Has there been a time in your life when you have confessed Jesus Christ is Lord and I trust him and I put my faith in him? So he's presented as the king. And what we see in Matthew's presentation of him, we see some wonderful preaching and teaching. He's a wonderful teacher. We heard this morning, he is the wonderful counsellor. Uh, and never man spake like him. And he is a teacher come from God. But, but it's not so much his teaching we're thinking about today. We're thinking about his, his ministry, his activities. And, and in particular today... We're going to see the difference 
that Jesus makes when, when people meet him and when people are blessed by him. I, I couldn't help noticing, I did a little bit of research before I came through, and a few weeks ago you had Jim Armstrong with you, uh, and he mentioned that very thing. He said, what a difference it makes when people cry to the Lord Jesus for help. Uh, and, and in that chapter 14, it was the Apostle Peter, he was sinking in the sea, and he cried, Lord, save me. And Jesus stretched forth his hand. And here in the verses we've read, there's a poor woman. And she cries, Lord, help me. And the Lord Jesus, we'll see, is going to help her. And, and lives are transformed when people meet the Lord Jesus. Uh, and so it's good to think of that. In the immediate context of this gospel, Jesus has been presented to the nation. But, but in a broader sense, Jesus has been presented to the world. And, and, and in our scriptures today, we are being confronted by Jesus Christ once again. We are being brought face to face with him, face to face with his claims upon us. Uh, and so we are being confronted and challenged by the claims of Christ. Later on in the gospel, in chapter 28... There's a Roman governor uh, called Pontius Pilate and he asks the question, what then shall I do with Jesus who is called the Christ? And once again the crowd is being confronted by the Christ. And so today we are being confronted and we are being asked that question. What will you do with Jesus as you meet him once again in the preaching of the gospel. So that by way of introduction uh, to the gospel. In the passage that we read just very simply today, I want us to notice in verse 21 the, the ministry of Christ described uh, or an aspect of the ministry of Christ. In verses 22 to 28, I want us just to think about the mercy of Christ and to think of the one that shows mercy. And I want you to think in verse 29 and 31 of the miracles of Christ uh, that he performed, the, the miracles of healing that he performed. So notice with me please in verse 21 we read the words, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coasts of Tyre and Sidon. So I want us just to spend a minute or two thinking about this aspect of the ministry of Christ we are told here that he is, he is departing, so he's leaving somewhere, and, and he's going somewhere else. So I, I want you to think of his departure, he's leaving, and his destination where he is going as he continues his ministry uh, on this earth among men. His departure... Well, you, you might say, well, you're, you're laboring this a little bit, uh, Alec John, today. It just means that he, he left somewhere geographically in the same way that you left Peterhead. You departed Peterhead this morning and you came down to Aberdeen. Uh, and when you leave here, you're going to depart Aberdeen and go back up to Peterhead. You'll notice the prepositions uh, there today. Uh, he, I, I don't think it just means a geographic or a chronological thing I think there is an emphasis here 
And, and if you remember back, if you were here last Lord's Day, you'll remember that the Lord Jesus was condemning the religious leaders because of their traditions and the emphasis they put upon them. And so there is a, a decisive act of the Lord Jesus here. He is leaving that background. He is leaving the ritual and rites of tradition and, and the religion of the people, uh, so-called, and he's departing from it. And, and there is a challenge there right away at the start of the meeting, that the Lord Jesus is departing for a specific reason. It's a decisive act. And he's turning away, as it were, from these people uh, because they were unwilling to accept his teaching. They felt that their traditions, that their religion, they had elevated above Christ even. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to confuse things. It's possible to do that. You know, you can present the, the gospel to people and, and you can present the claims of Christ and you can try and preach the gospel and they will say, oh yes, but we are Methodist. Oh, oh yes, but, but we are Baptist. Oh yes, but we are, we are Roman Catholic. And, and I, I don't mean that in a critical way at all uh, of any denomination. But what I mean is they're resting in the traditions of an empty religion so often and Christ is absent and there is not the reality of things in their hearts and so solemn that the Lord Jesus departed ultimately there will come a time when those that even have had religious experience will stand outside the door and knock and ask to be let into the kingdom and Jesus will say to them, Depart from me, for I never knew you. And so he is departing here. And let that challenge each one of us as to the reality of our relationship with the Lord Jesus. And so he is departing. And notice where he is going. He is going to Tyre and Sidon. So he is now leaving uh, the, the nation of Israel as it were. And he's going out to the Gentiles. He's going out to the nations. He's, he's moving out from Israel now. Uh, where he's been presented as king. And in a sense being rejected. And, and growing hostility against him. And he's now going to the further reaches. The, the borders now of Tyre and Sidon. So he is going to a people uh, that were outside the nation of Israel it, it teaches me of the sovereign grace and mercy of God uh, you know not bound by earthly prejudices and the ficklenesses of human nature and the traditionalism of religion but he is now reaching out and he's going into all the world as he will tell his disciples uh, with the message of the kingdom of God I know in verse 22 as he has arrived in this uh, places uh, we see that there comes to him a woman and we see 
the, the woman coming to Christ. If we read in Mark's Gospel, uh, by the way, what a contrast. You know, the, the, the religious leaders, they, they, they didn't want to come to Christ. But, but here's a woman now, a Canaanite woman, a woman that had no religious background in that sense, and she's coming to Christ. Uh, what a wonderful contrast. John in his gospel writes these words, that Jesus came unto his own, and his own received him not. He was rejected. But to as many as received him, to them gave he authority to be the children of God. I wonder if you, that is your experience today. I wonder if you have received Christ, and you can rejoice in the love of God, and being part of the family of God a woman comes to him it says in Mark's gospel of the same uh, de describing the same incident that Jesus was in the house and he was looking for a bit of quiet and privacy with his disciples but it says in Mark's gospel that he could not be hid and the woman had heard of him and she's coming to Christ and what a wonderful thing just to be able to come to the Lord Jesus in our need uh, and as believers, as Christians, how wonderful to be able to come to Christ. But, but as a sinner in need of salvation, to be able to come to Christ. The Lord Jesus invites all to come. Come unto me, all ye that labour and are heavy laden. Perhaps she had heard of the wonderful works that he had done. She'd heard of the greatness of his person. She thought that in him is all that I need for life and for eternity. And so we read that she comes to him, she heard of him and she comes to him in all her need. Let's just think about this woman that has come, not just her coming to Christ, but the character of the woman, how she is described. I want you to notice she's described as a Canaanite. Uh, in, in verse 22, behold a woman of Canaan. Uh, she's described in another gospel as, as Syrophoenician. Uh, woman, but she's a Canaanite and the Bible would teach us something of the Canaanites the Canaanites were characterised by idolatry they were characterised by immorality they were characterised by iniquity in the Old Testament God had uh, they come under the curse in Genesis and then in Numbers and in Deuteronomy we learn that they are under the judgment of God. Uh, so that, that just teaches me something uh, about the, the character of this woman. That, that she is a Canaanite. And so it is a picture you see of all that are outside of Christ. The, the world in general today is characterized by immorality idolatry and iniquity and that is something that is worsening and something that will progressively uh, deteriorate more and more I think in the society in which we live there seems to be little or no restraint and like the Canaanites in the Old Testament this world, the whole world, the Apostle John says, lies in wickedness. And, and we see that 
as we open our newspapers, as we listen to the news, the the wickedness that we've read of recently, children uh, have lost their lives in, in horrific ways recently. Uh, you know, the, the whole earth is filled with violence, we read in, in Genesis, and the idolatry of this world, the materialism, and the the way that the creature is worshipped more than the creator and the creator has been forgotten about. It's, it's, it was characteristic of the land of Canaan and, and this lady that we are reading about is described as being associated with that land and, and so I, I just want you to notice that she is a picture of each one of us under the judgment of God because it's very easy sometimes to to do a kind of transfer and to say shake our heads and say yes it's an awful it's an awful world and and it's terrible the things that are happening as if we are aloof and distant from it but you see the bible says that the heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked and so the world as a whole it really comes down to individuals, doesn't it? And so all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we see that pictured in this woman, the character of the woman. And she comes to Christ in her need. Uh, you know, although she's unworthy, although she's under the judgment of God, although she's associated with the sinfulness of the world around her the, 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 the land that she's associated with perhaps an idolater herself perhaps worshipping the gods of Canaan and yet she comes to Christ in her need uh, and I notice that she has family problems you see that that is just another manifestation of the sin and iniquity of the world uh, and she has family problems she says to the Lord my daughter is vexed grievously vexed by a demon and so we see not only the sinfulness of the world but the influence of Satan in the life of this woman you say well it's getting a bit far-fetched now you don't really believe in the devil now do you you don't really believe in Satan well the Bible teaches us very clearly about his existence and about his influence in the world Satan is described, the devil is described as the prince of the power of the air. And we walk according to the course of this world and we're under his influence. The very powers that be in this world, I have no problem believing this, you know. The very rulers of this world are influenced, are under satanic influence. And I see people... And, and they're, they're, they're in bondage, they're in chains because of the influence of Satan. And unable to break addictions and habits. And I see the influence of Satan in all of these things. And I see the influence of Satan in my own heart and mind. And how he would seek to attack all that is of God. And so she has a daughter who is under the influence of a demon and, and so she's coming to Christ she's crying, she cries to the Lord Jesus for mercy notice as she comes to Christ she has some appreciation of 
his person, the greatness of his person. She says, Son of David, have mercy on me, Lord. Uh, and so she recognizes in the Lord Jesus, perhaps she's just heard about it, he's the son of David. He is the rightful king. He is the one that has come to reign. And so she is associating him as being the son of David, the glory and greatness of Christ. She has some appreciation of this in her mind. And she is also calling him Lord. And notice also she is crying for mercy. And that tells me something about this woman, that she realizes that she is unworthy and that in the person of Christ is the answer to her every need. And oh, that we might realize that today, that we are unworthy. And apart from the mercy of God, you know, the quality of mercy is not strained. Is that, is that the quotation? Uh, a little bit of culture this morning. Shakespeare's Merchant of Venice. The quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth down like from heaven like the dew. Uh, and, and so that is the idea. It's mercy. It's God in compassion meeting the desperate need of the world, of us as individuals. And she comes to the Lord Jesus for mercy and God is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he has loved us and so she cries to the Lord for mercy but there seems to be a reluctance on the surface there seems to be a reluctance in the Lord Jesus to meet her need now we as believers know that that is not the case there is no reluctance in the Lord Jesus to bless any the Lord Jesus says he that comes to me I will in no wise cast out he will turn none away who come in faith to him but is the Lord Jesus just testing the reality of her understanding of her condition is he just uh, nurturing her faith in him is she just drawing him drawing her to him uh, by his grace uh, and so his seeming reluctance uh, you know he, he, he says to his disciples he says I'm not come but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and, and in Matthew's gospel that is the focus you see it is the king come uh, to Israel the focus is on the nation and the Lord Jesus is just stating that fact but it's not the Gentiles won't be blessed I'm so glad of that verse in Romans chapter 1 and verse 18. The Apostle Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and to all who believe. And that was the principle, you see. When the gospel went out in Acts, the Apostle Peter you know, his first gospel sermon, Men of Israel, whom ye have taken and by wicked hands. So the, the emphasis was on Israel, but it was always with a view that it would go out to the world. And the Lord Jesus said to his disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel. But the Lord Jesus mentions here that he has come to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. 
I, I think it's a, a marvelous to see this woman. You know, the Lord Jesus says that that great is your faith, and I think it's wonderful to see her placing her faith completely in Christ, in spite of obstacles. There were obstacles in her way. There was the silence of Christ. She might have wondered, well, this is maybe not for me. Even the disciples seemed to be an obstacle, depending how you read the verses. The disciples said, Lord, send her away. Now, it might be that they meant, look, give her what she wants and send her away. But they seemed to be saying, look, she's getting a bit annoying, Lord. Just send her away. You know... It's a terrible thing if the followers of Christ can be obstacles to those coming to him. You know, we can be a wee bit a wee bit isolated sometimes, you know. Us four and no more and close the door and we're fine thanks and, 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 and you know, that on the halls, most of the halls have got all welcome. Yeah, trust we, trust would mean that, you know, that that the disciples could perhaps have been an obstacle, but she wasn't going to be put off by the silence of Christ, the seeming silence of Christ. And she wasn't going to be put off by the seeming annoyance of the disciples at her presence. Uh, and even when the Lord Jesus said to her, it's not meet to take the children's bread and to give it to dogs, you know, that would have been enough for some people. You know, that would have been enough to put... Some of us in the huff. If he's calling me a dog, I don't want anything to do with that. Thank you very much. I'm as good as anybody that sits in that seat. It's amazing what her reply was and what her response was. She just said, True Lord, true. And, and that is why I think he was able to say, Great is your faith. That she agreed with his assessment of her and she took that place before him and she said yes Lord I'm just like a little dog but she says even the dogs get the crumbs from the master's table and she was willing to take her low place at his feet and to cast herself in his mercy and to rest by faith in him. And the Lord Jesus said to her, Woman, great is your faith. Faith is the channel that is used for blessing. Without faith it is impossible to please God. For they that come to him must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, seek him diligently. Here is an example of it. Here is one seeking diligently. Here is one striving to enter, strive to enter at the narrow gate. For broad is the way, and narrow is uh, uh, broad is the gate, and and narrow the way that that leads. That broad is the way that leads to destruction, and narrow the way that leads to life. And few there are that find it. And here is one, and she has great faith, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Why did the Lord Jesus say her faith was great? 
sometimes people say to Christians, that's lovely that, you know, I wish I had faith. I wish I had your faith. Sometimes people say, I've lost my faith. John Stott said that uh, sometimes people say, I've lost my faith in the same way they would say, I've lost my glasses, I don't know where I've put them. Uh, It's not great faith in the sense that, you know, I've got great faith. Faith is great because of the object of that faith and, and the focal point of that faith. And her faith was great because it was in Christ alone. And that is the means of blessing for your soul today and for my soul. It is by faith alone, in Christ alone. Notice how faith was persevering faith. She, she uh, was not put off. She continued until she found uh, what she needed in Christ. She found, uh, if I can uh, apply it today, she found the salvation that she so badly needed. And so the Lord Jesus said to her, your daughter is healed. And, and her daughter was healed uh, immediately and fully. And that is what faith in Christ uh, there's no uh, there's no period of penance uh, before salvation the assurance of salvation is found it is immediate on placing your faith and trust in Christ as soon as my all I ventured upon the atoning blood the Holy Spirit entered and I had peace with God so there are wonderful lessons in the passage that we've read today of the way that those that are far off, those that are at distance, those that are strangers from grace unto God, those that are without hope and without God and without Christ can just come to Christ and place their faith in him and be blessed. And it's just a lovely picture of salvation. When the Lord Jesus left that place, he, he went back to the area of Galilee. He was still in an area known as Decapolis, and it was still an area of the Gentiles. And, and there he sat down, and they brought unto him all that were maimed, and all that were suffering physically. And he took them to him, and it says they cast him at his feet, and he healed them. And again, it's just a picture of the effects of sin in the lives of men and women in our world today. The, the, the sin that maims, the way of the transgressor is hard. The, the, the sin that maims, the sin that blinds, I once was blind, but now I see, the hymn writer could say. The, the hymn that, that disables us, that causes us to be without strength the, in the... In the narrative in Mark's gospel we read that one of the people that was healed was someone that was deaf. He couldn't hear and he couldn't speak and the Lord Jesus healed him. And the Lord Jesus healed him so fully and so freely and so immediately that they said in Mark's gospel that he hath done all things well. And that is just a wonderful description. So great a description of the Lord Jesus. The hymn writer borrowed the words and wrote a hymn eh, about that fact that Jesus does all things well. And in our passage that we read today, we read that they glorified the God of Israel. These were people that were out with the commonwealth of Israel. 
but they gave glory to the God of Israel because of the wonderful miracles that the Lord Jesus did. He is the great king and he is the great physician and these wonderful miracles that he did and the wonderful things that he taught are just pictures for us today of the wonderful salvation that is available to all who will come in faith and repentance and trust in him. I trust each one in our hearing today is in the enjoyment and experience of the full assurance of God's salvation. I trust his word will be a blessing to each one today. We'll just commit ourselves to him in prayer now. <coughs> our Father, we do bow in thy presence now at the close of our meeting. We're thankful for all that have been able to be here today. We're thankful for all that have listened to thy word and we are thankful of course for the Lord Jesus the one of whom we've been reading the one of whom we've been speaking the one who is our Saviour and Lord and in his precious name today we commit thy word and thy work to thee we pray it will be to the blessing of thy people and to the eternal blessing of souls and we're so thankful for it and commit all today to thee and to the word of thy grace and we do so in the Saviour's precious name. Amen. Amen.